This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. It's Zoomer Radio's Theater of the Mind with Frank Proctor. Open your mind as we fill your head with amazing thrills, chills, <laughs> and laughs. Theater of the Mind, the best love programs from radio's golden age, only on Zoomer Radio. Now, here is your master storyteller, Frank Proctor. Well, thank you, and welcome to the show. Jack Benny and the gang will drop by a little later to provide a slew of laughs, but first we take you back to the year 1943. Following American involvement in the war, manufacturers around the U.S. became as efficient at producing war machines as they had been at producing other goods, with companies like Ford and GM managing to change from cars to bombs and aircraft engines. And at the same time, due to the number of men overseas fighting the war, using more women for manufacturing... A total, as a matter of fact, of 18 million women were employed. In 1943, due to shortages, America sees its first rationing. Italian and German forces surrender in the North African campaign as the war in Europe starts to turn the Allies' way. The Glenn Miller Orchestra provided the most popular music of the time. And in 1943, radio audiences were turning to Lights Out, now, it was one of the earliest radio horror programs predating suspense and inner sanctum. In the fall of 1933, NBC writer Willis Cooper conceived the idea of a midnight mystery serial to catch the attention of the listeners at the witching hour. And the idea, of course, was to offer listeners a dramatic program late at night at a time when the competition was mostly airing music. Cooper's run was characterized by grisly stories spiked with dark, tongue-in-cheek humor. The character might be buried, eaten, or skinned alive, vaporized in a ladle of white-hot steel, absorbed by a giant slurping amoeba, or have his arm torn off by a robot or forced forced to endure torture, beating, or decapitation, always with the appropriate blood-curdling acting and sound effects. Though there had been efforts at horror on radio previously, there does not seem to have been anything quite as explicit or outrageous as lights out, but when it switched to the national network, a decision was made to tone down the gore and emphasize tamer fantasy and ghost stories, like the one we're about to hear tonight. Tonight's show, Prelude to Murder, features the story of a symphony conductor driving himself crazy with the thoughts that his much younger wife is having an affair. Ironized Yeast presents Light. Out, everybody. Calmly, but sincerely. 
Turn off your radio now. This is Arch Oboy. Due to circumstances beyond my control, we're unable to bring you the play Alter Ego's Plan. I hope we'll be able to present it soon. You know, someone once said that one disease of mankind would never be visible under a microscope, no matter how powerful. The disease? Jealousy. And that's our story for tonight. Prelude to murder. And now? Lights out. Everybody. It is said that for every word a man speaks, he speaks another word within his mind that only he himself can hear. Yes? Yes, what is it? Oh, it is you. What do you want? No, I have not changed my mind. I said I am not interested. I tell you I do not care if they offer me a million dollars. My orchestra will not play for those stupid pigs. Goodbye. Andrews. Andrews, come here. I beg your pardon, sir. Come here. I didn't hear you. Are you, you called? Certainly I called. My wife, has she returned yet? Sweet Catherine. No, sir. I'm sorry, sir. Madam has not yet returned. Where could she be? The streets, wet, slippery. Didn't she say when she would be back? Well, speak up. No, sir. She apparently didn't expect you home so early. If I might say so, sir, I, I heard her mention something about meeting Mr. Smith at the art gallery. Smith. Smith? What Smith do you mean, Andrews? That young man, sir. That young artist. Young artist. I am old. Oh. That will be all. Very good, sir. Young artist Catherine is young. Alex. Alex, dear. Are you home? She's here in a moment. Catherine. I'm here. Here in the library. Alex, I'm so sorry I was late, but I had no idea you were coming home early. No idea I was coming home early. I hope I haven't kept you waiting long, dearest. No, no, I have just returned. You had a good time? Oh, yes, but I'm tired. Mm, this chair feels good. Her arms are stretched. The young girl, too young. And can I use some dinner? Oh, dinner can wait. You were alone all day? No. <laughs> My poor feet. That idiot, David. David. She calls him David. Who is David, Catherine? What did you say, dear? David. Who is David? Oh, that's Smith, you know, the young artist we met at the Johnsons a few weeks ago. Young, young. Oh, you have made friends with him? Yes, he was here for tea last week, didn't I tell you? Oh, perhaps you did. I don't remember now. He's such a silly young man. Her face, how it is glowing, her eyes. Alex, why are you staring at me like that? Oh, I'm sorry. I was thinking of tomorrow's concert. Come, dear. Sit by me. Yes, tomorrow's concert. Oh, Alex, you're all tied up in... An emotional knot. Uh, but you are, dear. What you need is a vacation. Away from box office and orchestra and public. Perhaps even away from me. From you? No, no. You mean you want to be away from me? Well, of course I don't. I want to be with you to take care of you and watch over you. Her hand on my face. Daughter's hand, but the West. Poor, poor, tired Alex. I beg your pardon. Oh, yes, Andrews, what is it? Something for you, madam. For me? The young man left it for Mr. Smith. Smith? Don't stand there, you fool. Give it here. Yes, sir. <laughs> it's my powder compact. 
How in the world did I ever forget that? She was at his rooms and she left it there. No, no, it can't be. I must not think. Is Mr. Smith waiting, Andrews? Oh, no, madam. He simply left it with his compliments. His compliments. All right, Andrews, go. Can you imagine that, dear, leaving my compact? I gave it to him to hold for me, and then I forgot about it completely. Why is she explaining? Why is she... Oh, yes, certainly those things happen. I really had a good time. It was such fun. Fun. They're young together. Well, I'm pleased to hear it, my dear. He's a very clever boy, Alex. He tells me he intends to make me like modern art, even if he has to take me to every art gallery in creation. They're going out together again. No. Oh, Catherine, my dear, what you said before, I am very tired. I know it. Three seasons without a bit of rest. And now all that trouble with your concert, Master. I was thinking, perhaps you are right, a little vacation in the South. Oh, Alex, a vacation? I dreamed of that for a long time. A vacation? Uh, <laughs> I can make it go, too. We'll be far away from Smith. Smith. No, David. David, please stop. Now, I can't laugh anymore. It's a monster at the end of it. So little Red Riding Hood said, What long ears you have, Grandmama. And the wolf said... Oh, oh the wolf said... The wolf said... Oh, I... there you are, you two. Oh, now, is that nice, David Smith, taking Mrs. Nadova off to the darkest corner of my conservatory? What? I can't imagine what you two have been doing here. <laughs> oh, but it is romantic. I've just been telling Mrs. Nadova about little Red Riding Hood. Oh, why, you naughty boy. What? Huh? But it's perfectly all right with me. It is romantic here. But don't let the maestro catch you. Please, don't say such things, Mrs. Crandall. Oh, why now? Now you mustn't get angry with little me. Well, I'm sure I don't blame you. Jade is just the handsomest thing. Uh, you will pardon us, Mrs. Crackle. Shall we go, Captain? Yes, please. You're not leaving. I'm sorry, Mrs. Crackle, but I'm very tired. But the maestro, what? He told me he was calling for you. Yes, I know. Will you be so kind as to tell my husband I'll meet him at home? <laughs> I can't imagine what you two are so angry about. Oh, oh, there's Henry signaling to me. That man is simply lost without me when he comes to making a party a success. But I'll be back in a moment. I'm sorry, Catherine. Oh, it's all right, David. Mrs. Crackle's just a very silly woman with a very silly little mind. I'll go get your things. No, no, wait, David. I'll go with you. I should never have come to this party of Mrs. Crackle's in the first place. Not Mrs. Crackle. It should have been Cackle. Oh, David. Well, that reminds me. You never did finish your story. Whatever did happen to your modernistic Red Riding Hood? Well, if the truth must be told, she took one more look at the wolf and she said... Oh, there you oh, are, you two. Dear. I was afraid you'd already gone. I have a surprise for you. Here she is, Maestro. Alex. Oh, how nice you've come for me. I got away from the rehearsal early. Alex, you've met David Smith, haven't you? Smith. Oh, yes. Yes, I believe I have. Glad to meet you again, sir. Sir, wants me to look old in her eyes. Catherine, I, uh, I hope I'm not disturbing your plans by this early arrival. Well, of course not, Alex. <laughs> your wife, she, she's very angry with me, Maestro. Angry? I've got a very dark conservatory, and I do manage to blunder in there at the most inopportune time. Mrs. Crackle. No, no, she cannot mean... I... I do not understand you, Mrs. Crackle. Oh, I don't mean anything. I, I just meant... Please, Mrs. Crackle. Oh, well, I... You see, Alex, Mrs. Crackle's imagination is exceeded only by her good taste. I'm sure you understand what I mean. Good day, Mrs. Crackle. Thank you for the very interesting afternoon. Shall we go, Alex? Come, David. Mrs. Crackle, what did she see? What did she see?
That will be all, Marie. Good night. Oh. Alex? Alex, are you asleep yet? You called me, Catherine? Yes, I was wondering whether you were in bed yet. No, no, I'm not very sleepy tonight. Oh, don't stand there in the doorway, dear. Come on in. You know, I haven't seen much of you in these last few days. Catherine, so lovely, so young. No, it cannot be. Come, Alex. Thank you, my dear. Now, you sit yourself right down here and tell me all that's happened today. Did you hear from Brudnoff? Are you going to do his concerto next week? Alex, you look so distinguished in that dressing gown. You really ought to wear it when you conduct a concert. Wouldn't that be a great sensation for the papers? The great Nadova conducts symphony in dressing gown with purple dragons on the back. Why is she babbling so? What is she hiding? Oh, you, you look very happy tonight, Catherine. What did you do this morning? Oh, the usual thing. Shopping. And then, as you know, I went to that silly Mrs. Crackles for cocktails this afternoon. Silly Mrs. Crackles. She's trying to discredit. Why do you call Mrs. Crackles silly? You never have before. I never had occasion to. But she really has more money and less brains than anyone we know. I've always enjoyed her silly prattle until today, but somehow I wasn't quite in the mood for her this afternoon. Mrs. Crackles said I have a very dark conservatory. I do manage to blunder in there at the wrong times. Well, Alex, have you nothing to say? Uh, speaking of Mrs. Crackle, I always thought you liked the woman. Oh, I do like her, but after the foolish things she said... Things? Yes, David Smith and I were telling funny stories to each other in the conservatory. And the woman came along and she... Oh, well, it isn't important. It is important. Oh, but you're hurting me. Catherine. Oh, Catherine, if I should ever lose you. Now, remember, Joseph, everything must be in order by Saturday. Our plane leaves at midnight. You understand? Midnight. Yes, Maestro. The luggage, all is in order? Oh, yes, Maestro. Oh, by the way, Maestro, I, I wired Washington this morning. Oh, so? Did you cable Schumann? Yes, Maestro. I said you would be pleased to accept his invitation to conduct the Philharmonic and, and that you expected to be in Buenos Aires not later than the 1st of September. <laughs> Excellent, Joseph. Excellent. This is a little surprise for my wife. She does not know where to stop off in Argentina. So, surprises are good for wives, eh, Joseph? <laughs> but not for husbands. <laughs> Why did he say that? What do you mean, Joseph? Uh, I simply was making a joke, my son. is hiding something from me. Smith, my wife. I do not like poor jokes, Joseph. I'm very sorry, my son. Why is the fool sorry? What is he thinking? What does he know? Is there anything else, Maestro? Huh? Uh, no, no, nothing at all. Uh, oh, Joseph. Uh, yes, Maestro? Why did you say... Did you mean... Oh, never mind, my car. Yeah, your chauffeur is... I, I'm waiting outside, I think, Maestro. Almost made a fool of myself, even if Joseph did know. All right, I go. In a few days, thousands of miles between her and that... Alex? Catherine, you. Come on, Alex. Don't look so shocked. After all, I'm only a wife calling for her husband. She called for me. She does care. But, but Catherine, I, I did not expect you to call for me. Well, the unexpected is always interesting, isn't it? Well, home we go, Alex. My suspicions. How foolish they have been. Well, Alex, aren't you going to say something? Oh, I... I am so happy to see you. I do not know what to say. Here I did not expect to see you until I reached home and then to find you waiting for me. 
Oh, my little Catherine. Next week it will be like a second honeymoon. The two of us on the plane, the quiet days. Alex, that's why I wanted to see you. Have you the tickets yet? Uh, no, there was some little trouble about the reservations. Joseph will have them Saturday. Why do you ask? Alex, do you mind very much if we don't go for another month? Not go? I want to stay in town for at least another 30 days. She wants to stay at Smith. That's me. I'm sure it won't be too difficult to change the arrangements. You see, Alex, I completely forgot about the orphanage. And I simply must be here for the charity drive. They're depending on me. You do understand, don't you? Orphanage. Smith. Alex? Didn't you hear me? Oh, yes, yes, of course. I understand. We will make other arrangements. Oh, you are good to me. Good to you, good to you. I'm a good fool. Why don't you say something, Alex? Are you very disappointed? No, no, it is not important. We will go later. Uh, Catherine and I, too, have something I want to tell you. Well, this is a day of surprises. Surprise? Joseph said the husband, too, can be surprised. Well, I'm waiting. What is it, dear? I am buying you a little present. Alex. Drive to Tiffany's, my dear. Tiffany? Alex Nadova, what are you up to? Only yesterday I saw the most beautiful turquoise I have ever seen. It had the the bright blueness of your eyes. Catherine and I want you to have it. Oh, Alex. We will have it fitted into a ring and you will wear it upon your finger. And perhaps, perhaps when you look at it once in a while, you, you will think of me, your Alex. My dearest Alex. There, I made her happy. Oh, my Catherine, I'm an old man. Gentlemen, suppose we take a brief intermission before we continue with the second half of our Lights Out story. The story of a man consumed with an overpowering jealousy. Let's leave this tale of the mysterious workings of the human mind for just a moment to visit a perfectly normal American family. A husband is returning home from a day at business. And he says, Mildred, is supper ready? I'm as hungry as a bear. Everything's ready, honey. My, it's wonderful to have you with an appetite and full of pep again. You know, I must have needed more vitamin B1 and iron, like you said. Since I've been taking ironized yeast tablets, I'm starting to feel like a new man. Yes, friends, lots of people who, simply because they were deficient in vitamin B1 and iron, were weak and jittery, underweight, and felt all in. Today, thank ironized yeast for helping them gain glorious strength and energy and needed pounds. You see... When you don't get enough vitamin B1 from your food, you may lose your appetite, not eat all you need to keep your normal weight and strength. And when you don't get enough iron from your food, you may be weak and pale, feel only half alive. Pleasant little ironized yeast tablets give you more vitamin B1 plus more iron. So, if you are short on these substances, go to your druggist this very night and say... A bottle of ironized yeast tablets, please. And now, back to our Lights Out story of Prelude to Murder. I tell you, I cannot stand him any longer. Walk, 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 all the time. He is not a man, he's a bear. Oh, my dear Wittgenstein, you must be patient with the maestro. You know he's not himself these days. Am I to blame if one day he goes on a vacation, then the next day he does not go on a vacation? 
I tell you, I am an artist, not a blacksmith. Did you hear him before? Well, yes. Blickstein, he barks. You are not a violinist, you are a fiddler. A fiddler, me, Maximilian Blickstein, who for five years was under the great Hopkinian himself. I tell you, Joseph... Here he comes, here he comes. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Please, please, Joseph, don't tell him I was complaining. Please, please. Oh, no, 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 of course. Uh, good evening, maestro. Uh, good evening, maestro. We, we, we thought you had left already. Heads together. What will I... No, gentlemen. No, I'm still here. Go right ahead, Blickstein. Ahead? Yes. Why well, stop at the very interesting conversation I saw you having with Joseph? I, 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 I wasn't talking. I, I mean, uh, nothing important. He's frightened. What was he whispering, Catherine Smith? Speak up, Blickstein. Why are you so nervous? What were you saying? Nice to was nothing at all. He, he was simply inquiring into the uh, uh, state of health of your wife. Yeah, yeah, your wife. Uh, I heard she was not feeling well. I, uh, I was asking Joseph how she felt. It was of Catherine. There I am. There's something about her I do not know. Yes, maestro, that is what it was. Madame Medova. Oh, your sudden solicitude into the state of health of my wife. Touches me deeply, gentlemen. Good night, Maestro. Good night, sir. Good, Good night. night, Maestro. I begin to whisper about me behind my back. Everybody whispering. Catherine and that Smith. Operator. Operator. Why do you not give me my number? I do not care if you are ringing it. Someone must be... Oh. Oh, hello. Hello, Ambrose. Why in the name of the devil don't you answer the telephone? I have been ringing for an hour. Let me talk to my wife. She what? Well, where did she go? You must know. Now, tell me, where did she go? Well, what do I pay you for? Where did she go? At? Uh, good evening, sir. Uh, Mrs. Nadova, she's in? Oh, yes, sir. In the library, sir. Your head, sir. Uh, she's home. Where has she been all day? Where has that Smith been all day? Frightened you, my dear? No, of course not. Why should I be frightened? I, I was a little startled, that's all. She's frightened. Letter under her hand, if I could... Well, writing letters, I see. Yes, it's just some silly correspondence. No, 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 no. Do not get up. Uh, finish your letter. Oh, no, no, no. It's all done. Well, how did the rehearsal go? The letter who? Answer me, Alex. How was the rehearsal? Eh? Rehearsal? Oh, as usual. Your, uh, your letter. I will send Andrews out to mail it. Oh, no, Alex, it isn't that important. Well, I'll go out and tell Cook to have dinner early today. I've got a little surprise for you. Something you like. Good, good. The letter, she took it with her, maybe on the desk, maybe she left. No, no, there is nothing. The platter, there's something on it. A word. I will hold it to the mirror. The word, it is... Mr. Nadova. Young, young. I am sorry to disturb you. Disturb me? Not at all. This is a pleasant surprise. Won't you come in, sir? Yeah. Ah, let me have your hat and coat. Keep your hands off me. 
No, no, I'm only going to stay a few moments. Oh, just as you say, sir. Won't you step into my studio? You'll have to pardon the looks of the place, but you can't expect much better from a man who lives alone. Oh, there we are. You know, sir, this is the first time I've ever been alone with you. Of course, I see Mrs. Nadal. You but... see my wife quite often, I understand. Yes. I don't know why she wastes her time with me, but I guess I amuse her. She laughs at me. Uh, how about a drink? I must be sure that that's their letters. I said, how about a drink, sir? Uh, yes. Yes, that would be fine. Great. Have a chair. I'll be back in a moment. The desk. One letter. One letter. One letter, and I would know. What is this? A ring. The turquoise ring I gave her. She gave it to him. Oh, God, I've lost her. No. No, I cannot lose her. Patience, sir. I'll be right out. I must go. Get the revolver. Then I must kill. So, what are you doing back here at this hour? Joseph, you you have a revolver? Why, you uh, showed it to me once. Remember that Luger, your army revolver. Oh, yes, my Get but, it for me. But, Get but, it for me, I say. But, but my told us... A dog. I have to shoot a dog. Uh, I didn't know you had a dog, my My wife, she has a dog. I understand. Uh, and it is sick, huh? Is it a young dog, Maestro? A young dog. Why, Mr. Nadova, where did you go? I came back with the drinks and... Mr. Nadova, is something wrong? Revolver in my pocket. I said, is there something wrong, Mr. Nadova? What can be wrong? Oh, I'm glad to hear that, sir. I, Well, when I came out there before and found you gone, I couldn't imagine what had happened. I never saw a better disappearing act in my life. Surely you will stop laughing. Do you mind telling me what happened? I was called away. Well, you're not going to disappear again without a drink, are you, sir? This time I'm not leaving so quickly. We will finish our business. Business? That word sounds foreboding. Why do I stand here talking to him with a gun in my pocket? I'll take your coat if you don't mind. <laughs> this time I'll hide it so you won't get away so easily. He's young. Many women would love him. He should have left her to me. What'll it be, sir? A bullet between your eyes. Did you, uh, did you say something? I didn't quite hear you. Drink with him? Why not? It will be his last... Whiskey and soda. Oh, fine. Yeah, here you are, sir. It's not very good whiskey, but it's all I can afford right now. Next time you call on me, I expect to do better. Aren't you going to drink it, sir? Drink? Yes. Yes, I shall drink. And I'll drink with you a toast to your beautiful wife. Your, your glass. I'll kill him now. I'll... Mr. Nadova, what's wrong? Your face is... Open the door. Let her in. Her? What? You fool, don't stand there. Let her in. Well, sure. Well, dear, Miss, how long do I have to stand here ringing your doorbell? Catherine. Catherine, I have a little surprise for you. Alex, well, what in the world are you doing here? Her lover. She will see him die. Alex, you're looking so strangely, darling. Don't you feel well? I think you ought to sit down, Mr. Nadova. Well, Alex, what's wrong? Here, sit down. Alex, you're not well. Why didn't you come straight home? Her hands on me. Lying hands. Water, David. Get some water. Yes. Alex, what is it? Shall I call a doctor? What's wrong? She comes back with the water standing over oh, me. Oh, Alex, say something. What? What does it say? David, hurry up with that water. I'll be there in a second. In a second, he will stand over me. The bullet must not move. Hurry, David. Yes. 
Yes, hurry, David. Oh, poor Alex, I'm so glad I came here today. To, if it weren't for that ring, I never would have come, and I'd never have known how sick you are. Ring? Yes, the turquoise ring, dear, the one you gave me. <gasps> Tell me. Well, the stone loosened in the setting, so I asked David to take it down and get it fixed. And then I stopped to get it. Oh, David, bring that water. She didn't give him the ring. That was wrong. That was... Here, Mr. Nadova, think this. Careful, David, you're spilling the water. Oh, I'm sorry. Wrong. Wrong. Wrong? What's wrong, Alex? What are you saying? You do love me, Catherine. You really love me. Oh, Alex, if anything should happen to you, I... Well, David Smith, don't stand there like a fool. Go get a doctor. She calls him a fool. She loves me. Oh, Alex, you're trembling. You are ill. Oh, my darling, if I hadn't come here this afternoon, you all alone with that bungling David. It's awful to think of what might have been. Alex. The river. What? What might have been. Well, Mr. Obler, what might have been? Potent words, Frank. What might have been. Say, for instance, that someone had given that unhappy little Austrian house painter named Adolf the job of painting a roof. And he'd fallen off and landed right on... <laughs> yes, I see what you mean. <laughs> Frank, would you like to hear about the bees and the flowers? Well. All right. And now, what's this, Mr. Obler, about the bees and the flowers? Well, once upon a time, there was an old man whose greatest pleasure in life was to take his neighbors on a pleasant little Sunday trip to the woods nearby. He'd explain to them all about the bees and the flowers and the birds. But one day on this course in nature study, the birds and the bees were forgotten. But as usual, that's next week. Yes, tune in next Tuesday again for Arch Obler's story, Nature Study. And if you need more vitamin B1 and iron, be sure to try ironized yeast. You'll know it instantly by the yellow and orange package and by the big letters IY on the container and on each tablet. Tune for Jack Benny next on Theater of the Mind. You're listening to Theater of the Mind on Zoomer Radio, AM 740 and 96.7 FM in downtown Toronto. Time now for the Jack Benny Show. The Lucky Strike Program, starring Jack Benny with Mary Livingston, Rochester, Dennis Day, Bob Crosby, and yours truly, Don Wilson. Ladies and gentlemen, spring has come to Southern California. Birds are twittering in the treetops and buds are bursting on the branches. So without further ado, we'd like to show you how a typical gentleman farmer is heralding the arrival of spring. The time, early afternoon. The scene, Jack Benny's backyard. The farmer, Jack Benny! Oh, 
year came up nice. Look at those nice straight rows. 200 stalks of corn, 150 cabbages, 300 strawberry vines. Hmm. One measly coffee plant. <laughs> but who knew? <laughs> Let's see now. I better get these string beans in. I'll set them right next to the tomatoes here. Well, there's one. Gee, I got a hundred more to go. Oh, Rochester, I want you to come here and give me a hand. But, boss... Rochester, you've been in that swimming pool long enough. Now, come on. But, boss, I'm not through planting the rice. <laughs> Never mind that. I need you here. Okay. So worried about the rice. Sorry, I gave him those chopsticks for Christmas. Here I am. Well, you can start with this row here. Yes, sir. Now, first you put the plant in, then sprinkle it over with a layer of Vigoro. Cover that with some dirt, then a three-inch layer of bone meal, then some more dirt. Then you put on another big, thick layer of Vigoro. And be very careful, Rochester, because you know what we're planting here, don't you? No, but it ain't gonna be lilac bushes. <laughs> They're string beans, and let's get started. Boss, are you planting beans again? Yes, why? I thought you'd give up on beans after what happened last year. They were so small, the bugs were picketing them. I'm not trying to be funny, Rochester. I'm going to plant beans, and this year they'll be the biggest ones in Beverly Hills. Now, let's get going. There. That one's in deep enough. <laughs> you sure look funny in those overalls and that old straw hat. I do look like a farmer in this outfit, don't I? With those long white gloves on, you look like Hildegard. <laughs> well, I've got soft, lovely hands, and I'm going to keep them that way. <laughs> I think I've got some of these plants upside down. No, I guess they're all right. Dennis, Dennis, don't mow so close to the tomato. Watch it. I'm almost through, Mr. Benny. Well, keep at it. And, Dennis, when you're through mowing the lawn, I want you to water it. Okay, I'll turn on the sprinkling system. I haven't got a sprinkling system. You have now. What? I thought the hose was a snake and shot it full of holes. <laughs> Dennis, that was a brand new hose, and I'm going to deduct the price of it from your salary. I was afraid that would happen. You were? Yeah, boy, am I glad I saved the last bullet for myself. <laughs> Huh? Well, here goes. Dennis, put down that gun. I'll pay for the hose. I knew you were yellow. <laughs> Never mind. You just get back to work. I'll hold on to the gun. Okay. Boss, I finished the roll string beans. Good. Now we'll plant some celery. You ought to plant pistachios. They're terrific. But, Dennis, pistachios are nuts. Well, who isn't? <laughs> Dennis, look at that mountain over there. That's it. Now hold your head still. Boss, boss, put down that gun. I only wanted to scare him. 
I couldn't hit a pointed head like his in a million years. <laughs> now, go ahead, Dennis. Finish your work. Okay. See you later. Ding, ding. Ding, ding. He always plays conductor when he mows the lawn. <laughs> what a kid. Now, let's see. Hey, Rochester, look at these mushrooms here. I don't remember planting any mushrooms. Those are toadstools, boss. They're poison. No, no, Rochester, go ahead and taste one. I think they're mushrooms. You think? <laughs> yes. Well, until you're positive, my attitude is negative. <laughs> oh, what a baby. Afraid to eat a little plant. Uh-huh. You know, Rochester, there's an old saying, a coward dies a thousand deaths. A hero dies but once. Did you ever hear that saying before? Yeah, and I want to be able to hear it again. <laughs> All right, don't eat it. Who cares? Hello, Rochester. Well, the garden looks lovely. Thanks, Miss Livingston. I see you got the scarecrow up already. This is me, and you know it. <laughs> Mary, did you buy that package of cucumber seeds like I asked you to? Yeah, here they are. They were ten cents. Thanks. Gee, just think, Mary. I'm going to take these little seeds, plant them in the ground, and before you know it, vines will spring up with oodles and oodles of cucumbers on them. Isn't nature wonderful? Yeah. And, Mary, half of those cucumbers are going to be yours. The heck with nature. Give me my dime. <laughs> Give me my dime. Give me my dime. You'll be sorry when the crop comes in. I feel it's going to be a big season. Oh, you're some farmer. You and your crazy experiments. They're not so crazy. Remember last year... You sprinkle cheese all over the ground and try to raise au gratin potatoes. All right, but I still say it doesn't hurt to experiment. Now, let's see. Oh, Mary, I was just having a little argument with Rochester here. Look, are those things there mushrooms or toadstools? Those are toadstools. They are? Well, I'm certainly glad you told me. I almost ate one. You almost ate one? Well, I mean, I would have eaten one after you did. With me laying there? <laughs> All right, forget it. I better dig these up and throw them away. I'm all through, Mr. Benny. Good. And Mr. Benny, as soon as your lawn needs cutting again, you'll be sure to let me know now, won't you? I certainly will, and I appreciate your interest. Well, I like to keep the grounds looking nice and in tip-top shape. Good, good. This is a beautiful place, and someday I might buy it. Really, Dennis? Yeah, I'll throw you out so fast it'll make your head spin. <laughs> Dennis, go home already. Okay, goodbye already. Goodbye, goodbye already. <laughs> Mary. Yes? Do you think Kenny Baker's too old to push a lawnmower? <laughs> oh, Jack, every time Dennis gets you a little aggravated, you always... Hello, Jack. Hey, Mary, it's Bob Crosby. Hi, Bob. Fine, Jack. Hello, Mary. Hello, Bob. Out for a little walk today? Well, not exactly. Uh, I told the boys in the band to pick me up here in our orchestra bus. Oh, are you leaving town again? Yeah, we got a one-night stand in Chicago. A one-night stand? You and the boys are going all the way to Chicago for that? Well, the boys just couldn't turn this down, Jack. Gee, must be quite an important occasion. I'll say it is. Petrella's dog is going to be a year old. <laughs> oh, yes. Yasha Heifetz left this morning. <laughs> Oh, Bob, I don't mean to be rude, but I want to get all these rows planted by 6 o'clock. Well, why 6 o'clock? As soon as it's dark, his health has to run for the border. 
Mary, stop making things up. I do all the work myself. Si, senor. You keep quiet and put on a dry shirt. <laughs> Say, Bob, as long as... Well, that must be the boys, Jack. I better get going. I'll walk around to the front with you, Bob. I gotta be running along, too. Say, Bob, it must be nice for the orphans to have their own bus to travel around in. Yeah, say, it's a nice bus, too. But, Bob, why is all that smoke coming out of the exhaust? Well, kerosene always smokes that way. Kerosene? Why don't you use gasoline? Oh, we tried that, but you see, when the boys smell anything over 80 octane, they run for the olive. <laughs> you mean they actually drink gasoline? Well, Bagby even drinks the kerosene. <laughs> no. Yeah, at night, the boys stick a wick in his head and use him to read by. <laughs> Well, I gotta be going anyway. Okay, Bob, I'll be seeing you. So long. Have a nice trip. Bye, Bob. Bye, Mary. What a crazy gang. Look at them in the bus there. Yeah, and look at that license plate. Brew 102. <laughs> well, Jack, I better be getting home. All right, I'll have Rochester get the car out. Oh, no, Jack, it's such a nice day. I'd rather walk. I'll see you tomorrow. Okay, goodbye, Mary. Bye. Well, I suppose I better get back to work. Eh, I've had enough for one day. I think I'll go in the house and clean up. Fresh vegetables, tomatoes, lettuce, string beans. Hey, mister, would you like to buy some nice fresh veggies? Oh, it's you. <laughs> what? You ain't fooling nobody with these petunias and tulips out here in front. I know what's going on in that backyard. All right, so I raise a few things to eat. Look, mister, I haven't made a sale all day. Why don't you give me a break and buy something? Well, all right. I'll take a dozen oranges. A dozen oranges? Two dozen pears. Two dozen pears? And a half a dozen apples. And a half a dozen... I knew it, I knew it. Everything with seeds. But it ain't enough you're growing vegetables. Now you gotta start with the fruits. <laughs> but I owe... If you want me out of business, get an injunction. Goodbye. <laughs> Some businessman. If he's so worried about competition, why doesn't he buy me out? The Wang Fu Laundry did. <laughs> oh, well, I guess I'll go in and clean up. I'll just slip into this clean shirt. Oh, hello, Jack. Don, where'd you come from? Oh, I came in the back way. I thought you'd be working in the garden. Well, I was, Don, but I've had enough for one day now. Gee, and I talked the sportsmen into coming over to help you. The sportsmen? Where are they? Well, they're working now. I'll call them in. Okay. Hey, wait a minute, Don. They don't seem to mind working in my yard. They're even singing. They are? Yeah, I'll open the window. We can listen. Bellando, ba 
facciando e di vede nuovo che il fuoco in me. From the vine came the grape, from the grape came the wine, and foretold me a wonderful time. From the seed came the plant, from the plant came the leaf, from the leaf came that fine light tobacco. That's what makes lucky strike, and that better taste you like. And you'll say there is nothing with better taste if lucky's I lie. From the plant came the leaf, from the leaf came tobacco, from tobacco fine and light comes lucky strike. Yes, lucky's the smoke you will boys are clever. They have a commercial for everything. And they're such good workers, too. I'll get it, boss. Okay. Mr. Benny's residence, star of stage, screen, radio, television, and if the farmer's market hasn't got it, we have. <laughs> What's that? Yes, he's right here. It's for you, Mr. Wilson. It's your wife. Oh, thank you, Rochester. Hello, dear. Well, how many guests are we having for dinner tonight? Oh. Well, then I suggest we have hors d'oeuvres, soup, nice Caesar salad, and for meats, I'd say a couple of chickens, an eight-pound roast, and a chafing dish full of meatball. Yeah, I think that ought to do it. You're welcome, dear. Goodbye. Don, who's your wife having for dinner tonight? Just me. The rest canceled out. <laughs> I should have known, Don. By the way, Jack, perhaps you'd like to come over for dinner. Oh, some other time, Don. You know, I've been working so much that I want to lie down for a while. You know, I'm kind of tired from all the gardening I've done. Ah, uh, Jack, don't tell me you planted vegetables again this year. Certainly. Why shouldn't I? I thought you'd give up after those awful beans you grew last year. Look, Don. Those beans were so lousy, even your garbage disposal threw them back at you. <laughs> oh, stop. <laughs> Talk, Jack. Goodbye, goodbye. Gee, I, I really am tired. I'm sleepy, too. I worked hard today. I think I'll lie down on the sofa here. Ah, that feels good. Uh, what's everybody picking on my beans for? So last year they weren't so big. This year they'll be great. That new chemical fertilizer is guaranteed to make anything grow. Say, I wonder if... Nah, it'll probably burn my head. <laughs> I can't wait till those beans come up. I'll show everybody. I'll show him.
Johnny. Just a second ago, I was inside. What am I doing out here in the garden? Say, look what happened to my beans. The beanstalk goes way up to the sky. Through the clouds. I can't even see the top of it. Well, I'm going to climb to the top. I'm going to be like Jack in the beanstalk. Phew. Phew, I better rest. I must have climbed 500 feet. And I'm nowhere near the top. Gee, look how small everything looks down there. Hey, the rest of my garden is growing, too. Look at that tremendous honeydew melon. Oh, no, it's Sammy the drummer's head. <laughs> well, I better start climbing again. Wow, I'm nearly a mile high. Chief, from way up here, you can see everything in Beverly Hills. Look, there's the California Bank. <laughs> and say, there's Esther Williams out in her backyard taking a sun bath. Gosh, what a predicament. I don't know which to look at. <laughs> see, if I lean out real far, I can see the entire city of Los Angeles. Gee, it looks... See, the branch broke. I'm falling. I'll be killed. Gosh, I'm not even hurt a bit. Wow, am I lucky. I landed on the smog. <laughs> I never knew the Los Angeles smog was thick enough to support you. But then it's been supporting comedians for years. <laughs> well, I better start climbing back up. at the top. Hey, look at this place. It's fantastic. Look at the trees. There's money growing on them. Gee, I'm a stranger in paradise. <laughs> hey, what's the matter? The sky is getting dark. Gee, what's that? B-5-4-fum. I smell the blood of a comedian. <laughs> Say, are you the giant? No, I'm the assistant giant. You better go see the giant. He owns this place. Oh. Well, can you take me to him? I haven't got time. I gotta mow these clouds. See you later. Ding ding! Ding ding! <laughs> hmm. Well, I better go see the giant. But I don't know where he lives. Hello, Jackie boy. How are you? Fine. Are you going to give me a great big kiss like you always do? Sure. Here. <laughs> oh. oh, that was wonderful. Oh, kiss me again. <laughs> She has nothing to do with Jack and the Beanstalk, folks. I always dream about her.
Well, I better go see the giant. Gee, I wish I knew where he lives. I'll ask that rabbit. Excuse me, Mr. Rabbit. What's up, Dad? I'm looking for the giant's house. Do you know where he lives? Uh, yeah, it's the second castle around the corner, Doc. Thank you. And for being so nice, I'm going to send you a big bunch of carrots. Oh, well, no thanks, chum. I'm on a diet. I was getting so fat I couldn't move. No kidding. Yeah, I wasn't happy because I was too hippie to hoppy. Oh. <laughs> uh. Hey, uh, why do you keep staring at me like that? Oh, I didn't mean to be rude, Mr. Rabbit, but you remind me an awful lot of a friend of mine, Frank Remley. <laughs> oh, uh, is he a rabbit? No, but he's got pink eyes, too. <laughs> but his nose stays still and his head twitches. <laughs> Well, I gotta go to the giant's house. So long, Benny. So long, Bunny. I'm off to see the giant. Well, here's the giant's house. I'm gonna knock on the door. Gee, look at the giant's laundry hanging out there on the line. Gosh, he has the biggest underwear I ever saw. The V in BVD looks like a Cadillac. <laughs> Uh-oh, I hear someone coming to open the door. Come in. I'd like to... Wait a minute. Mary, what are you doing here? I'm the giant's wife. Just because I kissed that girl? <laughs> You're the giant's wife? And he's a big giant, too. He's 70 feet tall. Here he comes now. Say, are you the giant? Yes, I'm a big one, aren't I? to discuss some business with you. Hey, now, don't bother me. I have to feed my chicken that lays the golden egg. You have a chicken that lays golden eggs? Sure. It's that one at your feet. Now, watch. You go ahead, chicken, and lay a golden egg. Imagine that a chicken that lays golden eggs. What do you call it? Barbara Hutton. <laughs> oh. Hey, now, you said you wanted to see me about business. What is it? Well, your castle and everything else is on top of a beanstalk, isn't it? That's right. Well, the beanstalk is growing in my garden, so everything here belongs to me. No, it doesn't. Yes, it doesn't. First, I'm going to take this wonderful chicken. The one that lays the golden egg. Here, chick, 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 chick. There, there, I've got you. Come on. Yeah, that chicken's mine. Put it down. Oh, I'm taking it back to my house with me. Well, I'm coming after you. She's gaining it. Well, I ran off the edge of the beanstalk. I'm falling. I'm falling. Flap your wings, chicken, and give me some help. This is awful. I'm falling. Oh, I'll be killed. I'll be killed. Boss, wake up. Wake up. I'll be... Huh? Oh, it's you, Rochester. Gosh, what a dream I was having. Rochester, I dreamt I had, I had a chicken that laid golden eggs. 
Well, stop squeezing that pillow. All you're getting out of it is feathers. Rochester, fix me something to eat. That climbing gave me an appetite. Ladies and gentlemen, the very best Easter gift of all is the support you give through Easter seals to children who need your help. These seals provide medical care, nursery centers, and many other things that are needed. So give and give generously to the Easter Seal Agency in your community. Or send your contribution to Crippled Children, care of your local post office. Thank you. Thank you for listening. Tomorrow night, it's Philip Marlowe, followed by Ozzie and Harriet. Thanks to Joel Schoenwell for technical support. The executive producer for Theater of the Mind is Moses Neimer. I'm Frank Proctor. Have a wonderful evening. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.